Hello and welcome to the Lancet Oncology podcast. I'm Richard Lane and this month we're focusing on a review in the February issue of the Lancet Oncology concerning new and updated guidelines for the use of opioids in the management of cancer pain. Earlier I spoke to one of the authors of the paper, Dr. Augusto Caraceni from the National Cancer Institute in Milan, Italy. Dr. Caraceni, many thanks indeed for talking to the Lancet Oncology. You're one of the authors of a very important paper published by the Lancet Oncology, and this concerns the management of cancer pain. This is clearly a very important issue. Give us some background to your work here, because basically the paper you publish are a series of guidelines, aren't they? So tell us about the background to it. Thank you for uh, giving me this opportunity. The paper actually focuses on the use of opioids in the management of cancer pain. You should position this paper in the history of cancer pain guidelines, which goes back to the WHO analgesic letter and the WHO recommendations guidelines, first published in 1986. And you have to think that this publication and the following dissemination and education campaign was a major change worldwide to implement uh, uh, appropriate use of opioids in particular uh, in this patient population, both because there was no availability of opioids in, in many countries at that time, but also because the use of the easy, uh, simple method of pharmacological therapy for these patients uh, uh, found a strong professional and public opposition at that time. I think that after that, uh, the European Association of Priority Care guidelines and recommendations, uh, which were published in uh, 1996 and 2001, were also very important, and they elaborated on those guidelines, and they've been used quite uh, widely for educational tools as a reference for professional associations and patients and to provide an updated framework of the available evidence on opioid pharmacotherapy for cancer pain. And these goals, the same topics, are now updated and developed in this new effort. And I think it's also important to offer a framework for healthcare policymakers. Last but not least, I think uh, these guidelines are very general and flexible to local needs, and I think they should be also used for an inter-societal approach to cancer pain management. Can you go on and give us a little bit more detail about the process involved, about how do you actually come up with these new and updated guidelines? Yeah, I think this is interesting because if you compare this with the previous EAPC guidelines, uh, I think we certainly achieved some degree of uh, technical and scientific improvement. This project was made possible by sixth EU framework funding in a project called EPCRC with the specific aim of updating the previous EAPC guidelines. And the process uh, took three years and included a large number of people because besides the 25 final authors of the Lancet Oncology paper, you have to think that at least 100 more people were directly involved from the beginning to developing the final guidelines in several steps. Uh, just to mention briefly, we had a review of the available guidelines and of their content. We identified the topics to be included by an international formal consensus of experts. We identified the best methodology, which is the grade, actually, for guideline development, and we published this uh, methodological process. Afterwards, we had a number of uh, authors and groups performing 18 independent systematic reviews. All of these were peer-reviewed and published in palliative medicine in July 2011. Finally, the final summary paper published by uh, the Lancet Oncology is therefore a, a, a synthetic piece of work uh, based on a much wider 
analysis of knowledge and uh, also uh, allowing the possibility for the reader to get in touch with this knowledge in uh, further steps. So I think it's a sort of interesting framework for re-addressing more modern way the whole issue of opioids in cancer pain. Are there any particular recommendations? There are many, of course, in the paper, and I would urge everyone listening to this podcast do read the paper. But are there any particular recommendations that you would like to highlight here? Yes, uh, just to summarize, we can say we have uh, uh, 16 topics uh, and a few more recommendations because some of the topics, they uh, lead to more than one recommendation. But just to give to the people interested some flavor of what it is in there, I think it's interesting to see that in our second recommendation, we re-evaluated the so-called opioid of first choice for the WHO Step 3 opioids that are the opioids that are uh, uh, indicated for severe cancer pain and that all the guidelines uh, and some guidelines still report as morphine being the only first choice opioid to be recommended. In our guidelines, uh, uh, based on the available evidence, uh, we are saying that morphine, oxycodone and hydromorphone by oral route, they are all considered potential first choice step three opioid for moderate to severe cancer pain. So this is already an interesting uh, uh, aspect. And the other one which I would like to recall is, uh, for different reasons, is the one about uh, the use of specific drugs, uh, opioid drugs, uh, for breakthrough pain. As uh, somebody can know or may have noticed, there is some pressure from new drugs coming in the market now for this specific indication. And uh, I would like to make it short, but the recommendation as it reads is very uh, finely balanced in uh, maintaining a role for the less expensive, uh, well-known immediate release oral morphine, while also giving uh, the right uh, potential indication for the more modern, fast-acting, potent uh, transmucosal fentanyl preparations that are now in uh, quite uh, popular and maybe at the attention now under the attention of many uh, specialists and non-specialist uh, physicians and non-physicians uh, as a potential effective uh, drug for breakthrough cancer pain. And a final thought, guidelines are always essential, up-to-date guidelines, whatever the field of, of medicine. What do you think clinicians should do now? And also more broadly, do you think now that we have these updated guidelines, is it fair to say that really cancer pain, whether it's um, early stage or late stage, really ought to be managed properly now because we have the knowledge to to ensure that patients are not in pain? Well, for sure, there is a part of cancer pain which is not managed appropriately because uh, uh, available guidelines are not appropriately implemented. This is part of of the problem. It is also true that I don't believe that uh, after reading our guidelines, everybody will go out and begin to treat uh, every patient uh, in the best way. But I think that guidelines and our guidelines, they have a, a role. They have an interesting role in many ways. First of all, I think from the point of view of specialists, but also non-specialists, I think they should use them. I mean, try to use them. I would encourage people to use them in their clinical experience. I would encourage specialists to compare their practice with what the guidelines are saying. I would think that they could be used in policy, in education. I think that people around should criticize our guidelines and should participate next for those who are interested and are in the field in the process of updating them because guidelines are not a finished business. They are 
making a picture of a situation and which is already old when we publish the picture, in a way. So they're dynamic, aren't they? Guidelines they should evolve all the time. Absolutely dynamic process and getting more people involved. And I think another way to use them is to identify potential research questions coming from the guidelines. I will just underline that most we are using the gray system, so we are giving a weak or strong recommendation depending on what is the evidence. And most of our guidelines, most of our recommendations are weak recommendations based on relatively limited quality and quantity of evidence. So if I may make a plea to the reader, I think that we have not enough research in cancer pain and in palliative care. And we'll also ask uh, people interested to join uh, the uh, European Association of Palliative Care Research Network and our network of uh, research for helping where the guidelines are insufficient to improve the way we are uh, treating uh, cancer pain and we are using opioids in in this uh, uh, difficult patient population. Indeed. I think that's a very good and a very appropriate call to action. Very grateful for your time. So Dr. Augusto Caracceni on the line from Milan, Milano in uh, Italy. Many thanks indeed for talking to The Lancet Oncology. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. See you next time.